Jess Mahler, and welcome to A Griffin's Tales. I'm coming to you this week with part two of First Came Trust, a short story about what comes before the romance. A Griffin's Tales is a new podcast of queer, growth-centered fiction, ranging in length from short story to novella. The next story will be Bound by His Oath, a gender-flipped take on popular historical romance tropes. Bound will be released privately for members of the Aerie first, and made public after about a month. You can join the Aerie at my website, jessmahler.com. And now, First Came Trust, Part 2. With the siblings getting care, they were no longer Bethania's concern. When they were well enough to travel, they could continue with the caravan, or not. It wasn't, Bethania thought, very likely that the siblings would want to stay here. But the noble left orders to be informed as soon as the cub was lucid. That was a problem they had to address, and soon. Their people put together a rough trail meal for an early dinner. As Bethania finished eating, Air Healer reported that the cub had awakened. As Bethania walked up, the cub was sitting on a cot, shivering in the slight breeze. Air eyes locked on Bethania with a familiar sharpness that warned something more than human lurked behind that gaze. Bethania met the cub's eyes until they looked down, probably not realizing why. Then A took up a light blanket that had fallen off the cub and wrapped it around Air's shoulders. The irony of sun poisoning was how easily one could take chill once cooled. "'What is your name, stranger?' Bethania asked as the cub grabbed the blanket and pulled it tighter. Lila, nobility. Lila, I am Bethania of Aeland. I have been acting as the ambassador for Royal Genie of Balul, and was returning home when one of my people found you and your siblings. Your siblings are safe, and they are free to do as they wish, including enter my service and return home with me. You are a more difficult matter. Now Lila was still confused and disoriented, but thinking much more clearly, and this time A caught the implication. A closed her eyes and whispered, You know what I am. The quick wits, especially after such an ordeal, please, Bethania. Yes. Bethania paused a moment to order her thoughts, but before A could, Lila slid off the cot and crouched down at the nobility's feet. Kill me, nobility, A pleaded, before I hurt anyone else. Bethania was stunned, of course. A knew how much hate the pack folk faced in this land. But it had never occurred to him that Lila would rather die. Or did the cub know nothing about the pack folk at all? Did A believe the madness was inevitable? Bethania should have refused the plea, should have explained. A knew that. But A felt the pressure of time and the need to return home to the full pack. A feared A wouldn't be able to convince Lila quickly enough that the cub would do himself harm. If Bethania refused the plea, would the cub even kill himself, feeling A had no other choice? So instead of refusing and teaching, Bethania twisted the cub's words to her own purpose. Are you saying you give your life to me? Yes, nobility. 
I should have killed myself, but I went to the guard, hoping they would be able to hunt down the monster that attacked me so it wouldn't turn anyone else. But they left us. A waved her hand toward the beach. I came so close to losing to the beast, to ripping free and then turning on my siblings. I beg you, take my life, nobility, so no one else is at risk. It was enough. Not the traditional pledge, but satisfied the form. That the cub had already thought of taking our own life silenced the last of Bethania's doubts. Or was it our conscience that was silenced? Regardless, all hesitation ended. Most of Bethania's belongings had not been unpacked, of course. But a small chest had been set in the corner of the pavilion, one that was always to be available whenever A might need it. Tucked into the chest was a leather slave collar, as was used in that land. A memento, for such things were never used in Balul, of a slave Bethania couldn't save. And perhaps that memory was one more spur to air decision. Lila kept her head down and did not look up as Bethania approached him again. In truth, Lila was battling the beast again. The beast had been quiet since they woke in the pavilion, and got quieter still when Bethania faced them down. But it did not want to die, and knew Lila meant to see them both dead. I accept your life, and promise you will never be a danger to your siblings. As they spoke, Bethania wrapped the collar around Lila's neck, leaving just enough room to slip a finger between leather and skin, and locked it in place. Lila looked up at Bethania, shock and fear written on her face. Whether A feared more that Bethania would not kill M, or the slave collar, perhaps even Lila could not say. What? Bethania cut them off, tipping up Lila's chin so the cub looked them in the face again. By your pledge, your life is mine to do with as I will. The collar will stand as temporary pledge necklace until we return home, and I present you with a proper necklace. My people will understand the intent, and yours will assume you are my property and not interfere until we are out of this benighted land. As one pledged to me, you have the right to address me informally, by name and gender. I am referred to as she. Lila was stunned, but in only a few moments anger began to replace shock. You! I have done as you asked, Cub. I have taken your life and ensured the safety of your siblings. It was not well done of me, but we do not have time to do things properly. Bethania tapped a finger on the collar. While you wear this, you cannot transform. That buys us time. Time to do all the things we cannot do now. I know you do not understand, and I know you have no reason to trust me. But I believe you do not want to die. And I know you do not need to die. Lila stared into Bethania's eyes. For the first time since they felt the beast stirring within him, they felt a spark of hope. That spark terrified him, as hope often does. Nothing is more frightening than hope when one has given in to despair. But with the nobility holding our eyes again, the beast within Lila quieted, and Lila dared to hope, dared to trust. A tried to swallow, then rasped, I will try, nobility. Bethania, Lila, the noble said with a relieved grin, or if you must use a title, lady. 
Lila would have shaken her head in confusion, but a wave of exhaustion swept over them. A swayed for a moment, and Bethania reached out to help him back onto the cot. Now drink. Eat something and sleep. We will not stay here much longer, but we can wait long enough for that. Yes, lady, Lila managed to say before a huge yawn overtook him. Bethania sent one of their people for food and water, and stepped out of the pavilion. An hour, two at most. Then the siblings would need to decide and the small caravan get back on the road. The End Thanks for joining me for Part 2 of First Came Trust. Until next time, take care all.